You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome back to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. We continue our conversation with Ralph and Glenda Dubienski, who are dedicated to helping orphan children in Ethiopia and Rwanda reach their potential. They're not only seeing hope grow in the minds and hearts of many young people, but amazing growth is happening on the environmental side with land that's being given a chance. So Ethiopia has been, unfortunately, because of so many reasons, uh, gone through a massive deforestation. And when you cut down all your forests, you lose your environment, you lose your water table, you lose your soils, you lose Mm -hmm. your animal populations. And so one of the core things of what we do is we plant hundreds of thousands of trees. But now it becomes a passion because you learned about it and you, you know that there's something important. So you really take it on personally. So we really started planting trees in a big time in 2010. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're, we're talking about growing trees in our tree nurseries that are tiny little seedlings. But now these things are 25 feet tall. And so when we first arrived in Ethiopia, you know, and we were on the land in 2009, there was like no birds. We would see maybe a vulture picking mm-hmm. away at a dead carcass. That would be the bird that we saw in, an, in a country where the environmental resource is massive. It's huge. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, locally in our area, we'd lost all the trees. This used to be a land, when I talked to President Gerwin, he was a boy when he used to ride his horse around you'd see cheetahs and leopards walking around in this semi-jungle environment. But it's been gone, it's now erased. So now you fast forward now with our, our trees are now 25 feet tall, many of them on our project site. You know, and now as of this last year, this last summer, we were cataloging uh, birds. We're up to about 30 species. We're talking mm-hmm beautiful peregrine falcon that Glenda takes a picture of on a fence post right next to our volunteer center. Larger than any peregrine falcon I've seen here. It was magnificent. Beautiful colored birds, most incredible wildlife abundance. But then we're also cataloging one before when you'd see almost no species of Mm -hmm. any kind, just maybe uh, grass that has been grazed down to the ground because of overgrazing by goats. Now we've counted over 50 species of different plants mm-hmm. and grasses and trees. We don't even know what most of the stuff is yet. We're trying to catalog it. And then the insect life. So before, all you'd see is black flies. Now we're seeing all sorts of a kind of exo- exotic things like praying mantis and all sorts of really interesting things. I don't even know what these things are. <laughs> but, you know, it's all returning, given a chance. You know, giving the environment a chance uh, it returns. Mm -hmm. And now we're starting to see on our hillsides where we're planting all these hundreds of thousands of trees, springs popping out of the ground of water. So where it was just dry, barren ground. So again, when you talk about what fuels a passion, when you, when in theory you see some of the, you think about some of these things and imagine if you're somebody that's, let's say 40 years or younger living in Ethiopia where our project is, all you have ever known is this dry, barren landscape. That's all you know. The old timers, like President Gurman, the other ones, they knew a time when this was lush, beautiful mm-hmm. land. 
And now people start to re- see it restored, and they say, "Wow, this is our environment." I think kids start to think creatively different, mm-hmm. differently when they see beautiful flowers, because now you know. I mean, how on earth could a person spend time and effort watering a flower in front of their garden when they don't even have time or food for themselves? It doesn't make sense to them. But now the kids in front of their children's homes. They're planting beautiful little flowers. They're taking care of these things. They're so proud to show us. Oh, I can just imagine their smiles. Oh, they're so unbelievable. I mean, really. I mean, a lot of these images and videos actually are on our. We have a Hope Ethiopia Facebook page. When you go to that, you can see actually these images, and you can see kids laughing and stuff. So, you know, these are some of the things that sort of like the reality that fuels us. You know, Mm because it really is happening. And what is happening inspires hope for the year ahead. Each year brings something different. And, you know, in Ethiopia, we have been blessed with a, um, a very large area of land. And uh, with that land, there are so many things that can happen, whether it's building the children's village or uh, doing reforestation or agricultural projects. And so we have just... As I've just come back, we've just set up a fish farm, uh, bee farms, chicken farm uh, that are ready to be activated in 2017. So we're, we're growing a lot of crops. Now we're starting to grow many things that will provide for this community. And our children's village and seniors village is um, really taking off as far as numbers of children, numbers of uh, uh, house mothers, and soon seniors uh, that will come into the environment. So if you can imagine, uh, we have clusters of homes that would be the children's village. In a cluster of seven homes, six homes are for children and their house mothers, and the seventh home is for seniors, abandoned seniors, who will become the grandparents of that community of that Mm -hmm. cluster, which we have not seen that model anywhere in the world, but that's something that I think was given to us for a reason. And uh, so we are about to see that activated. So as we start to bring the seniors, the grandparents into the uh, community to sort of complete this family environment, you know, I think that will be a a very exciting uh, time for us. And then as we start to see all these agricultural projects which will be feeding the children feeding the community as well as maybe bring some dairy cattle to now bring them milk and help them out you know i think there's a lot of the the children's village side is really going to expand and so that's really exciting but i think probably one of the other areas which is very exciting glenda and i were just talking about this for rwanda is the is the change now that will happen as land comes in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, in, in Rwanda, um, the government's really taken note of what we're doing with, with the youth. Like 65% of the population in Rwanda fits into the youth category. Of course, that's because of the genocide in 94 against the Tutsis. Um, and um, so because they're taking a lot of interest in us, they're, they're really trying to, um, to help us 
gain land for our projects. We have a very big project actually planned. Presently, we have a, we have a, a vocational school for young women, the majority of whom are are were house girls with no education or women who have chosen to leave prostitution. Um, so we have the Kelly Drader Longview Training Center. Um, that uh, we have 20 women studying there right now. They graduate in March. Um, so we'll then have that on the land, and then we'll be able to put Hope Home on the same land, and we'll have a workshop for these young men who ha- are vocationally trained, and we'll have a volunteer house because volunteers are vitally important to what we do, and we really feel we have a responsibility um, to to bring to be a bridge, to, to bring those from... We're gonna, I'm going to say in quotation marks the haves to meet the have-nots, although I think it's really hard to tell who has and who doesn't because the richness of, um, of, of these individuals that you will encounter when you go over is astonishing. But so we'll have a volunteer house so we can host teams that want to come over and partner with us and do the work that we're doing. Um, we're going to have residents for our um, for our women, particularly, to be able to um, to attend the the tailoring school. We intend to have a medical clinic and even a legal office. Legal issues are huge in Rwanda, especially because who owns what land and so on, and and identifications were dis- were destroyed in the genocide and and so there's all sorts of needs for for those that don't have a lot of money. And um, so that that's what the land is going to look like again with an agricultural project. I've already got chickens and bees on a very small rental space at the moment, but you know to be able to have uh, you know a five hectare piece of land to be able to do this would be astonishing. It would be fantastic. Our thanks to Glenda and Ralph Dubienski for their story of hope. It's easy to connect with Hope Ethiopia on Facebook and visiting the HopeEthiopia.com website. This is The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning.